0: Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance.
1: Now let's start the show. show. Step out
0: my problems
1: you,
0: the fuck. Oh. What a stupid song.
2: you ask a question what does since Mitch McConnell's a lizard person what does he eat I, I would just venture to say what does a snake eat and then that's your answer
3: and then just add apple cider vinegar gummies <laughs>
2: But he he waits until they, like, get, like – he keeps them in, like, a warm room, and it just becomes, like, one big glob.
3: Yeah, he's walking down the hall of the Capitol building, and someone thinks he's eating, like, a red delicious apple, but it's actually just congealed apple cider vinegar (laughs) gummies.
4: I was going to take that, like, you know, the the rice crackers? Oh, yeah. Oh, he puts them in a glass. Yeah. (laughs) Just crunching on the shells. Just
3: You know? He goes to the Capitol Grove with a couple of his colleagues, and he asks, hey, can I get the special burger you make me? It's just an apple cider vinegar gummy patty with mustard on it. He, he, he also uh... he
4: calls over the waiter, and he's like, excuse me, is there a fly in this? And, and the waiter's like, no, I don't think so. Send it back. I need flies. <laughs> I was <laughs> told there were going to be flies in this. I paid
3: extra. He's for like, supplies. he's definitely the guy who's taken all the ketchup packets and shit. And, like, the salt.
2: Well, they have, like, they have like specials like every day, and it's like pretty much whatever they catch in the, like the traps. Like, got got a field mice for you gotta, gotta today, Mitch.
3: Ooh, was it the non-lethal trap?
2: Those are my favorite.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite. I, you, you know, here's here's a weird thing. I really do think, though, he does.
2: Yeah, he talks about how it's like.
4: <laughs> Peel the layers off, shed his, his lizard he skin. Yeah.
3: He's <laughs> just that guy in there wearing his glasses thinking they're not going to fog up. And that's exactly what happens to him the whole time. So I, I do have to ask and but, well, before I get into that, thank you, everybody who's chosen to join us for another episode of the second mouse podcast. Um, glad that we got you in early on the apple cider vinegar burger patty industry that's about to crop up now Sounds that inflation disgusting. now that inflation is through the fucking roof, you know, we have to have burger optionality. But I don't know if you guys have been following this. I have not been near a TV all day. Can anybody get me up to speed on the whole January 6th um congressional hearing thing?
2: I have not watched that much of it, but I will say that I did hear about apparently um the reason Trump declared victory on election night was because of Rudy Giuliani and apparently uh-huh. Giuliani was they said he was like really drunk
1: uh-huh. and also he tracks
2: told, and he told them anybody who doesn't who's not who's against this is like a pussy and like that's the reason Trump came out was like yeah I won it's over so Rudy a drunk lawyer almost brought down American democracy
3: do you think his hair melt was melting when that happened too
2: I'm pretty sure he was like Frank Reynolds um, in that episode where he comes through the couch and he's like all oiled up and shit. <laughs> was,
0: he just came out of
2: it. You're all sitting in the fucking Oval Office and he comes through the couch like, oh! Like, don't concede! Declare victory! How did
3: you get in here? Don't concede!
2: He's like, I live here now. <laughs>
3: He sleeps in the the top bunk of the bunk beds that are in Baron's room.
2: Do you think Trump like tucks him in at night? Baron? Yeah. No.
3: No. They probably locked him. They probably locked him on the third floor and then never saw him again for four years.
2: Serious question: Has Trump ever said "I love you"
3: to his children? One of them, Ivanka. We all know that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love you so much. You're my favorite child. Yeah. You're not like you're not like stupid Eric. I'm right here, Dad. Shut up, Eric. <laughs> kiss me right here (laughs) you fucking dummy no not on
4: the cheek not on the cheek right in the lips don Don
2: jr's just doing a line in the fucking other side of the room he's like what about me dad he's like "Who about me dad (laughs) fucking just just fucking mimicking every fucking word back to him
1: oh man
2: he really is the kendall roy of fucking trump family
1: like uh hi dad
3: (laughs) Yeah, he just assumed that like the only way my father will love me is if I also get into the Sudafed game, <laughs> but he just went overboard. He said, "I'm gonna cut the line on the Sudafed, just get right into the cocaine."
2: That man has fucking nasal drip every single time. Oh, like, I, like growing up on Long Island, you know what drip looks like. Yep. Like, oh, no, it,
4: it's it's a very distinct sound. That,
2: but you but you see the you see the nose just moving, like moving constantly
4: doing a little book yeah
2: he, he's he's either got really bad allergies and or something else going on uh but yeah so to get him back uh that's all i've kind of paid attention like i know i already know he's guilty like we already know what he did at this point like i but don't need gonna, some fucking committee what's is up? it
3: gonna matter though does any yeah. of this matter is this all for show now
2: Uh, yeah, it's theatrical at this point, in my opinion. I I don't think, like, I mean, I'm tired of thinking that, like, somebody's going to do something about it. Because, like, the other other day, it was yesterday, I think they came out and said that they, like, the Justice Department, like, they were saying that, like, they have enough evidence to convict him. Mm -hmm. And then the Justice Department should move on it. And then Adam Schiff, like, immediately backtracked and was like, well, you know, it's up to the Justice Department. But
3: we think we have enough
2: evidence. And it's like, they're not going to do shit. He's going to run in 2024.
3: I still think that Trump is toxic enough because I think that anything that happened after the election, even when like even when um, Joe Biden was sworn in, I I think that Trump has not done enough for people to be fully bought in anymore. I think the he's been replaced by some of the other lunatics in the party. I'm still 100 percent confident that if he ran against Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis would beat him. Because he checks all the boxes in the sense that he provides all of the the fuel that hardcore Republicans want in life. Like, he's already gone to war against Disney. He's already done the don't say gay bill in Florida.
2: I, I will agree with you that they may, they may look at it in the sense of, like, it's easier to back DeSantis at this point. There's less controversy whatever you want to call that, like no January 6th problem, no COVID issues. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know. What do you think, Gatto?
4: Um, I think the more that we talk about January 6th, the better it is for Trump. Because, like, we all kind of agree here that there's no real chance that this turns into anything more than political theater. And the Democrats are going to turn around Chuck Norris style and give two fucking thumbs up. And uh, they're going to feel like they've accomplished something when nothing actually happened. And all that will really happen is that Trump will then get to go on his, they were a mean to me tour and yeah. it will yeah. be a rally call for him. But I think it's still, you know, in the end, small potatoes to the fact that I think DeSantis. <laughs> good, good reference. So, yeah. Um, DeSantis essentially rising up the ranks though. I from I was reading an article the other day it sounds like you know er, like the republicans are putting together their torted force of of candidates for the primaries and there's there's going to be a lot of them from all over trying their hand and it might be very interesting to see how it plays out but inevitably yeah i think you got to think of it like the republicans as Like, their rise is like Thanos collect the fucking stones, the Infinity Stones, for his gauntlet. And, like, right now I think DeSantis is the one that has most of the fucking stones. And he'll probably complete the gauntlet first.
2: Yeah, and and God, I'm going to agree with you because Bernie Sanders the other day came out and and rightfully said that you can't bumper stick your way to win. And he said you can't win by calling the other side bad. Like I'm paraphrasing, Yep. but like the, the Democrats playbook over the last, I don't know, ever really since Obama and it worked with Obama because of how bad Bush was, but you can't just go out there and go, we're better than them. Like you need something substantial. You need policy. You need like a plan of action and Democrats are kind of just flailing around. They don't really know what they're doing. And honestly, I, I think they're going to dump Biden pretty fast. Um, Come I think I think probably by the they actually probably might try and do before midterms and say that he's not gonna run for reelection. But the problem is they don't have anybody to go against DeSantis or Trump that's really gonna move the needle at all.
1: Well, we yeah. all, we
3: we talked about that a couple weeks ago though, right? We already ran through like yeah. a list of like 10, 15 people and maybe one or two Terrible. of them. I mean, maybe Gerard Brown. Maybe Chris Murphy with the work that he's doing with the gun reform stuff, but
1: oh,
2: we, don't even get me started. On Democrats. Yeah,
3: we we've had that offline conversation, and that's
2: we should we should talk soon about that bill though because it's terrible.
4: At, yeah. at this point, I feel like Democrats should just run people that nobody knows about and hope that they have the charisma that none of these Democratic candidates actually have. Because it doesn't matter what experience you have. We clearly, as an, a nation, uh, we're willing to vote in a guy who's never spent a day in office in their life to the highest office. So, like, you might as well just go out and get someone who's, who's fucking charismatic and fucking rich as shit and just likes to... Paul Pelosi. Yeah, dude, <laughs> no, yeah, seriously. People would respect that guy because he drives drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You were talking about uh, the the governor of uh, Illinois, Tom. Um,
4: yeah, J.B.
3: Pritzker. He might be got the one. A, he's got a shot, and ultimately, too, he's got money to do it, too. Like I think that's another thing that is unfortunate about the way that we do politics in this country is you you also you need to be charismatic, one. You need to have good policy, or at least play it off like you do. But ultimately, you need to have the financial backing to do it. And we've all seen in our lifetime people who have ran for president and they didn't have the money. So they had to get involved with some people that really dictated policy. This current president included where a lot of the decisions that they make are based off of whoever is the one who's given the money.
2: Yeah. And you have to figure, right, they're going to run Cruz and little line Ted Cruz, little Marco and, uh, (laughs) And uh, so Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, I'm sure Christie's going to run. You'll get all the
3: establishment people too. Right. Nikki Haley, Mike Pence will be in there too. Totally. Totally. Tim Scott. And these are all people that'll lose early.
2: Lying Ted Cruz.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's a two horse race, but who knows? Like Don Jr. might go in there and just get like the hardcore crowd. But as soon as his daddy gets in, he'd be like, oh, I have other things to do.
2: So with Trump though, do you think do you think because you think DeSantis is going to win, do you think if he gets um word from his advisors that he will probably lose to DeSantis, do you think he bows out early?
3: I don't think Trump gets in it unless it's a lock for him.
2: Right. Like I, he has think, to feel like it's going to have to be like unanimous, right?
3: Because you don't want to lose in a quote-unquote fake election then lose in a legitimate primary.
2: That's what's so funny about this to me is that like they're talking about winning the house back and all that. And I'm like, I thought elections were rigged.
3: Right. I thought they lied. Uh-huh. Like if,
2: if they're rigged, then like what is your point? Like you you're just gonna lose every time. Like and, exactly. and that's and that's why they lost in Georgia. That's why like uh Ossoff and uh Warnock won because Trump was pretty much like it's a rigged election. Don't even fucking bother voting. Yeah. So it's like, why, like, why are you even talking about it? Then you're gonna just lose. Oh, unless you want to admit that it's not fucking right.
4: You know, yeah. now that I'm thinking about the article, it the headline might have had more to do with DeSantis, and then it began mentioning how DeSantis is positioning himself mm-hmm. for this GOP race. He's
2: he's and, in a good, uh, he's in a really good spot right now.
3: Yeah, he's already got the name recognition and. Like I think he'll probably get in late when he sees the field start to thin out. He'll come in with a shit ton of money and blows the doors off at the primaries. And that'll all be it.
2: The yeah. only chance we stand is that if there's a lot of infighting between the two of them and like they end up going to blows, but they're, they're so, they're so uniform though, that the Republicans are just too good at being like on the same page with each other.
4: Well, that's, yeah. that's a thing you could have a, literal like civil war and still win the major war at the end. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Cause ultimately all their same like assumptions and like beliefs are all relatively the same. They just get to there in a different way. Like they all agree that the democratic party are bad, but some of them think that they're socialists and communists and the other ones think that they're drinking the blood of children. So, I mean, Ultimately it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and that's how they all do it.
1: Um
3: however, they
4: do believe socialists also drink the blood of children. You know? They need
3: I, I'm I'm
2: <laughs> honestly I'm like that's a good I, point. I, I think the I think the one good thing they they can do from now on, because I socialism has become I that's a one that helped them in Florida a lot. Uh we talked about this the last time that they chipped off a lot of people in the Miami dade area. They need to start hitting back. Define socialism for me. They won't be able to do it. Yeah. They don't even know what it is. So yeah. they need to start like pegging them of like not everything you don't like is socialism.
4: The problem is that they're so anti like intellectual that if you try to like do that to be like, oh, I know you're what you're trying to do. That's a gotcha question. I'm not gonna answer that. I'm smarter than you. Like
2: your goddamn commie witchcraft right there.
4: Yeah, like somehow like they can't they can't show that they have any fucking use or understanding of concepts or knowledge, but like the same time they're smarter than you. Yeah. The fact
3: that you don't want to have your house burned down or you want your police officers to be well-paid is also socialism. So they don't talk about that part. They only talk about like all of the things that aren't in fact socialism. It's just like painted as such.
2: I saw a, I think it was a PBS thing. It was like one of the most conservative places in Ohio. And it was like, I think it was, it was some kind of like minor or something. Like, they were like, it was, it had a high concentration of like cancer. Mm-hmm. And the due to Obamacare uh, becoming available, they started getting a lot of like, they actually were able, like, people who, like, it's a very poor area too, they were able to get care and oh, like they went through pretty much the entire town and were like how do you feel about the ACH and they were like love it it's amazing oh my god how do you feel about Obamacare fucking hate it to, need to kill it need to get rid of it and they're like it's the same thing yeah literally the
4: same thing I want to say that it was like Youngstown Ohio or something
2: yeah and they were it's like good. and one guy said I, I think I, I, I love it because it saved my life but I think it should be removed yeah Imagine, like being that pilled that you were like it saved my fucking life we need to get rid of it
3: it's a very common thing though like it's a very normal like that place in ohio is just one of the examples i'm sure that's been done all over the country where people don't
4: actually understand
3: what they're looking at
2: yeah because of the names
4: yes they they jump all over like cuz yeah it's it's a fo- it's an area that's still like fox news had heavy influence in mm-hmm. and like You know, they sit there and they they make these things like all about Obamacare is like, you know, a way to help like illegal immigrants or some shit. And next thing you know, built in this like weird narrative with racial undertones that these people are just eating up. You know what I mean? Like they do it with that. Like I I was watching, I think last week they were talking about this caravan that's that's walking to that summit in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm reading up on on the caravan right now and it says like they could be from uh, that there's representatives from Central America, Venezuela, Haiti, Colombia and other countries.
3: Yeah. So out of curiosity, but, do you all think that this is a thing to say, but is this just right wing like paranoia or right wing like outrage that? Again, there is another caravan. It seems like this happens once a year. Where <laughs> ah, migrants. Mid- midterms are coming.
1: I yeah. I
4: want to say that they were that these are this is a group of like political activists to underscore an important message that they want to make clear at the summit. And um, I haven't heard like the border cri- the Biden border crisis that Fox runs daily from like noon to about 3 p.m. um that that just kind of went into the background because they put this into the foreground and mm-hmm. it's just a constant like there's always some sort of like fucking racist message running across fox screens about immigration like on the daily and they just create these boogeyman narratives all the time
2: it's they, it's it's on at the gym and it is crazy because, like, I don't hear the sound. I just see, like, the, the Chiron, whatever they call that. And it's always, like, Biden's worst week ever. And it's, like, it feels like that's every week for you. <laughs> like, I, like, listen, I'm not going to sing the praises of Joe Biden to anybody. It's a little ridiculous after a while.
3: Yeah. yeah. it's Again, it's, it's very easy to not be in power because you can also be incredibly critical of those who are. And I'm not saying – I think we're all in agreement Joe Biden has not been – a, Awful. a good a good president thus far um but one of the
2: one of the worst in recent history
3: we've also seen this with obama when he was in pres- when he was president where basically all of his all of his initiatives and agenda was stonewalled and every week was the worst week ever and then you know once trump became president it just became a shit show for every tweet that came out. So go ahead, like, Gato.
4: I was going to say let me offer you a different take on that. Let's just suppose that it has been progressively a worse week each week since then. Like it has just constantly been a worse week. Have we had like can you recall like the last time someone was like this was a good ass week? I don't I don't really recall. Maybe maybe the week that we knew Trump was Trump had lost the presidential election, <laughs> like
2: he, he he passed some bill, I remember, and everybody was like, "Oh man, that's a, that's a great job. But like the problem is like the one thing I hate about Biden the most is that he is he is of that old school mindset that you can still pass bills and they can. but I think if anything, bipartisanship has proven is that bipartisan bills fucking suck.
1: Oh, they, they, don't do do. they don't do anything. They don't do anything.
4: Have, has anyone looked at the gun uh <sighs> the gun bill? It's, it's fucking awful. It's it's just action and name only. There's It,
2: it it's going to provide more money for local governments to essentially turn schools into goddamn fortresses.
4: It's yeah.
2: And it's going to it has the boyfriend bill which I think was oh, the boyfriend, boyfriend clause local. right. Um And a couple other things. It doesn't change the age to purchase an assault rifle. It doesn't um, do anything to try and limit the production of them. It doesn't have any buyback in in there. It's, It's just, it is very much, the Democrats' mindset is that it's going to chip away at it and get people to start maybe trying to think a little bit further, you know, of, but it's like, this is just a useless exercise and, unfortunately i'm skeptical anytime i see bipartisan that means the the republicans are signing off on it i'm already skeptical before i even read it but when i read it it was not good
1: it
4: was essentially let me kiss the ass of the states and hope that they pass some legislation we want them to do and like yeah this boyfriend loophole bullshit like the whole idea is that oh if if somebody like if someone wants to rat out, like their abusive, like boyfriend or lover or fucking family member that has guns, like they can get them taken away. We all know it's not going to happen. Like, it,
1: what's there the last will be... thing
4: you do? You try to take the gun away from the fucking abusive person. Like, we're we're literally asking for a homicide.
2: It was it was already watered down, and I expect the states are going to try and water it down even more. Yeah. Um, once once it becomes kind of in place, so. Well,
4: That's the thing. It's like the infrastructure built was supposed to be bipartisan, and that took six weeks to do. They have two weeks to do this before corporations reset legislating legislatures' brains. Right. So.
2: Yeah, and and let's be real. Like, Democrats, like, this was Chris Murphy pushing this, so this is your boy, Tom. Um, And, like, he gave that impassioned speech and all that. And, like, I understand they're working within a framework, and I understand any progress is – progress in their mind but like the problem is like they're hoping that this is going to broaden the conversation and maybe lead to further legislation of gun control the Republicans are going to be like no we gave you this this is you got what you wanted you got your bill and like now we're not going to talk about it anymore and it's not going to make a damn difference
3: yeah at all, it's
4: junk it's they're so desperate to make some sort of bipartisan bill is it is it just the desperation to make something happen at all or is it like I, it polls good? Like
3: I think it's exactly that because ultimately they've been trying for years to put something together. And yeah. now anything feels like progress. Like yeah. if like if you like army crawl one inch, it's like they've walked a thousand miles at this point. And, and I get that. But there's also a whole component of this where there's an entire political party. That is totally fucking down with the idea that this is a part of being an American. That, you know, in order to love America, you have to love all of the amendments. And in some cases, you have to die by them. And I, we shouldn't have anything at all because now this is just a waste. And ultimately, there are other things that if if this is what we're going to get, they should have just said, fuck it. And let's just move on to inflation and just figure that out.
2: Yeah. And if anything, you're actually providing cover for the Republicans because now they can say, like, we played ball.
3: Boom.
4: That's it. Yeah. Because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day for them is like, how do I make this so that I'm more electable? Right. Like,
2: the, yeah. And I, I hate campaigning off of a tragedy, but like the Democrats did have a golden opportunity to nail their fucking asses to the wall and be like, they're not doing anything to stop your children from being slaughtered in the school and now the, you just give them political cover for a bill that's essentially not going to do
1: anything.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Dumb. And, and it'll make them checkers. look like they're...
4: Yeah, and they'll they'll look like they're unable to lead. Yep. Or so to the point. And you know what? I'm kind of at the persuasion that they don't know how to lead. They're no. too fucking weak. They're they're too fucking middling. Like, you don't know how to do, to do any sort of leadership. Like, you've been watching your ass get handed to you, and you... You still haven't taken notes. Like, come on. And
3: you the know- thing is, too, is they've had months to prepare for everything that's come at them. And yep. it seems like they're like an hour late for everything. When
4: when was Columbine again? Well, it's that was like in 99. <laughs> they've, but they've but he- had since 99, in my opinion, to work on this fucking problem, because any other country when they've been faced with a mass shooting tragedy has had some sort of legislation like the week after. And
2: you know what it is? The Democrats over the last, like, 20 years have had the big tent mentality that it's like, you can be a Democrat. You don't have to live under these qualifications. You don't have to be pro-life, as Henry Solar is proving. You can have an A rating from the fucking NRA, like he's proving. And they've had this big tent mentality to where the Republicans have kind of cannibalized the the party and have like essentially anybody that goes against them, you're gone. Like you know, what was Jeff Flake, and like yeah. Liz, Liz Cheney's once her primary comes up, she's donezo, she's gone. Um, the Democrats have had this big tent, but the problem is you have like the left, you have the Bernie Sanders faction, you have the more corporate left which is like the Bidens and the, the Harris's. And then you have the fucking blue dogs, which like Joe Manchin and, and Siena. So you have like three, maybe more factions of Democrats all trying to deliver a, a, like a, like an actual platform and nobody agrees on shit. So like you're eventually I, my biggest fear is you're going to have a UK situation. Eventually you're going to have a labor, a Lib Dem and a Tory party And what happens in the UK? The Tories win every single fucking time because the, you know, the, the Lib Dems who are basically the, like the center left party call the, you know, they don't, they don't ever agree with labor on anything. They, they side with the Tories more than they side with fucking labor. They just called labor party fucking anti-Semites. And it's like, it's, we're, we're going to have a situation where the Republicans are just going to win everything because the Democrats can't agree on shit.
3: Yeah. But the Democrats win on Twitter all the time, and oh yeah, close, thank God. That's that's how you win elections is through Twitter, and how many likes you get.
2: Go look at go look at Andrew Yang's Twitter and tell me he's not the dumbest human being on earth.
4: I mean, and and actually, <laughs> you bring up Andrew Yang. He's, um, t- he's such and, a dumb. And this man. and this is where because he's like Mar's buddy, right? And like one thing I will agree with Bill Maher about is that I think there's like this level of like, self-righteous entitlement or air of, like, uh, superiority amongst, like, like liberals still, like, f- uh, across the Democratic Party. Not liberals, but the Democratic Party. I, I misspoke there. And I, I think that it really does show to most Americans um, that this is not, like, the party that you really fit in. Whether whether or not you agree with a lot of the things they agree with, because it still has somehow, you know, um, the party of the people. It's also still like um, elitists, and
2: they've and lost. The they've lost their. They've lost their priorities, and their priority should be um, obviously inclusion of everybody, but also focusing on economics, which was something they were good at. And I mean, look at the fucking exit polls for 2020. What was the, in the fucking age, the hot spot of COVID, the number one priority when it came out of the exit polls was the economy. And like the Democrats were very focused on building the middle class, um, unions, backing fucking labor. And they've lost their way. They got into the fucking hands of the insurance companies, the credit card companies, and they 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 they've lost their way philosophically, and now if you're, I mean, pretty much like anybody to the left, anybody to the left of fucking Joe Biden is a socialist. Then they'll the, side they'll side with the Republicans over Bernie Sanders.
3: The thing is, though, is like, and you can do this with both parties at this point. Like, you know, the Republicans will say we were the party of Lincoln when that's in fact <laughs> like 150 years ago, and Lincoln would not even recognize.
2: Tell me you don't. Tell me you don't. Know, Ro- tell me you don't know anything about the Southern
3: strategy. You
2: yeah, can say that
3: Teddy Roosevelt would not even recognize the Republican Party, but also the Republican Party is also the Herbert Hoover Party as well. Mm. So let's not forget that. But think about this: like FDR and. Lyndon Johnson, for everything you want to say about Lyndon Johnson in the moment, he actually had a really incredible vision for this country. And the thing thing that sidetracked him was Vietnam, but it would have sidetracked anybody. Right. But a party of FDR that was heavily pro-union, heavily pro-worker, heavily pro-middle class and providing a better life for people like Social Security was there. March of Dimes was another thing. Like, all of these initiatives were things that...
2: Fucking Medicare.
3: Medicare. Exactly.
2: One of the most popular social programs in this country is Medicare.
3: The GI Bill. Another one. All of these things that are still around, that you could also, like, evolve into newer programs. All of these things are still widely popular. Yep. And I don't understand... I mean, I do. I totally understand how it's happened, but why it's happened still hurts my brain in the sense that, like, how are you going to say that you're the party of the people if your response to inflation is, well, everyone's going to have to tighten their belts? Fuck you. $7 a gallon of gas means a lot more to somebody who makes $32,000 a year than somebody who makes $350,000 a year. Yeah. And- They've, they've turned into the party that makes – of the voter who is like 300K, wants to be like socially liberal, but at the same time, we need to have common sense economic policy.
2: And Pete Buttigieg came out the other day and was like, just buy an electric car. And it's like, yeah, Pete, not everybody has $50,000 is right. buying an electric car.
3: That shit's super expensive and it takes forever to get them too. Right. Another problem that they were not able to solve or said, "Fuck it. We're not going to worry about it and look,
2: I and look, I think blame i want to I want to be very clear. blaming gas prices on the president is about the dumbest thing you can do because there's nothing that the president does that impacts gas prices. By the way, Canada, it's like fucking eight dollars a gallon. Europe is like nine dollars a gallon. This is not an American issue. I, it is a global issue.
4: I mean, Europe has been over eight dollars for years or over seven dollars for years (laughs) so it's it's kind of a weird one a weird take to begin with but um yeah like we we've always just we've always talked about energy because i think it's a nice distraction point on the left Mm -hmm. and it's um it's like an endless problem we don't actually plan on fixing because there's just too much money still being made in the old ways like if that shit actually became scarce, maybe we'd start to see some things happen. But like if if fucking super hurricanes, if super hurricanes aren't enough to fucking get you to move your ass on chain you know, getting rid of fossil fuels and coal. Totally. Like, I don't know what's really gonna fucking do it for you.
2: They but need I wanna- to start like nat- they just need to start like essentially just giving people fucking like write it off, you know, essentially give people electric cars if they're that concerned about it.
3: So there's a, and I want to get back to one other thing too. um, But there is that book that I was reading um, pick of the week money. The, the story of a made up thing. There's a theory called the modern monetary theory where it's just because modern governments just use fiat currency. They dictate how much its value is. You just give people money. Like if you, Ultimately, the value of the dollar is determined by the the institution itself. Just keep printing money until you resolve these issues. And we do this all the fucking time for everything else. But as soon as it gets to inflation, people start freaking out and be like, well, we got to tighten our belts. And the only way that you can – in the current system we have is by utilizing the the Fed to raise interest rates, which is basically – Having surgery with a fucking sledgehammer.
4: Well, that's the most annoying thing is like how the Fed acts like it's autonomous from like the government in some ways. But like the whole economy is tied in together. Right. Like when they when they do things, like the whole idea is that they are a reserve, right? So it's like how we reserve oil, for instance, right? We have like a cache of it and then – Depending on prices and how rates are going for things, we release some, we take some back. And while they know that it's crushing us right now, they're like, no, we got to do it like this. We got to do it like, like, you can't think of a different way to fucking, you know, slow down the bleeding. Like, it's just all got to bleed at once, in my opinion. That's that's what's kind of crazy to me. You know, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But, oh, but, but I, I'll, be that,
2: talk, I'll be talking about Chairman Powell a little bit later <laughs> today.
4: But, but all that to be
3: said, like, this is the only option you have after fucking he- of months of hearing about yeah. this. Yep. And years of supply chain issues, like all of the, all of the major companies and all the major corporations basically price gouged the shit out of everybody for two years. And the federal government was like, oh, I don't know how we can solve this one. Like you have the levers to change this. You have levers to, again, fight for the people. And fighting for the people is also a very popular thing across the board, regardless of whether you're Republican, Democrat or independent, or you're from fucking space. Like people want to know their government is working for them and taking the side of, not taking any side at all, just be like, oh, we don't have the power to do that. But Trump was way worse has screwed us, and we've just – we've seen the cliff coming for so fucking long, <laughs> and we're just like, there's only one way we could solve this. Drive faster. Drive
2: faster, so, yeah. So
3: now we have to create a recession <laughs> and have people laid off and kill the housing market, and not in a good way, by the way in order to get
4: us back to where we're supposed to be. It, yeah. It's funny. It reminds me of like, you know, in the, the opening scene of the other guys where you have Samuel Jackson in the rock, yeah. they jump yeah. <laughs> <each other. laughs> but like, you know, it's also kind of funny too, is that uh, America, I looked this up today, actually America's had 48 recessions in 244 years. So it's not Just an so... uncommon occurrence. It's something that happens all the goddamn time. And it's, Uh, you would think that because it's so common because it's happened so many times and granted it happens less and less frequency in the modern age, we would have learned enough about how to deal with it. But you're right, Tom, you're right. Q. We just somehow find ourselves back in the situation and it's, we're up a fucking Creek with no fucking paddle. And we have to drift aimlessly till we get, we, we, come to soft land somewhere you know and and hike back up
2: it's fucking groundhogs I, day
3: i will say though and and many of those occurred during the 1870s through the 1890s where the government basically said fuck yourselves you're on your own and the government didn't do anything for like 35 years wow.
4: that that doesn't sound unlike right now i know
3: truly <laughs> tr- truly groundbreaking shut right? out <laughs> up guys but that but that also happened in the 1930s, too, where Herbert Hoover basically said, I don't know, this is like, we laissez-faire economics was a big theory back then. And then FDR was able to slowly start to peel away at major issues. And ultimately, the the American economy would have been resolved, but it would have taken much longer. But World War II stepped in and just like put it into overdrive. But that's happened in... The 70s and 80s as well, where the government was very lax and now we're doing this exact same thing again, except the problem is this time around we can't fucking agree on anything. And there's also no solutions to be had except for raising the interest rates and again hurting an already shrinking middle class of people who don't have the money, but they're paying $13 for a rotisserie chicken now when it was $6 a year and a half ago. I love rotisserie chicken, but I'm not paying fucking thirteen dollars for that.
2: You know, Tom. To go back to what you said before, and you're right. The biggest crime nowadays is in action, because more casual, like I, you know, I follow politics to a certain extent. So do you guys. Um, The average person who doesn't, even if it's something that's not good legislation, they'll see it and go, "It's action." Yeah. uh, one common occurrence, I've ever, if I ever talk with people who don't really follow politics, is like Biden gets nothing done. Trump got everything done. And I'm like, it was terrible, though. He, they're like, yeah, but he got stuff done. And like, that's been the biggest thing recently. Like, that's how brain poisoned we are. Like, I, I'm convinced that Ronald Reagan poisoned everybody's brains. Like, it was like a lead poisoning thing. I don't know. But like, fluoride. Yeah. Fucking goddamn fluoride in the water. <laughs> um, this is now sponsored by Infowars. Um,
3: by the it, way, like, bone broth has not gone up in price. By the way,
2: fucking, that's goddamn right, because because <laughs> it's made by a goddamn American company.
1: <laughs>
2: There's nothing. I don't know if you guys have ever seen. Um, it John Oliver. Just this just a segue for a second. John Oliver. If you ever have like a, if you're ever like not doing anything youtube john oliver alex jones he does it like a 20 minute segment from a couple years ago it's fucking incredible it is watching him drink the bone broth was incredible because he just he, you can tell it's the grossest thing he ever had
4: it might have been the hardest thing he's ever had to do on that show yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> mainly like uh mainly because like like if you go back and watch alex jones on there too like like it looks a lot different. I think they put something in Alex Jones, like maybe they put like a fucking milkshake in his, because it looks a lot better looking. And even he's like having trouble eating, like taking, like drinking it. He's like just like you can tell he does not like it.
4: <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. Like they they basically boiled down a bunch of bones to get all the the marrow and collagen out of them, and, and then, then they tried to make it into a chocolatey treat. What yeah. could go wrong there?
2: I do love me a chocolatey treat with some chicken bones.
3: Ooh,
4: give me them chocolatey
1: treats.
3: <laughs> I mean, is it the salty and savory components that only really yeah, work with chocolate it. and pretzels? That's- or is it just like, if you want that, go
4: get a maple bacon fucking donut as duck donuts. You know what I mean? Like, shout out, duck donuts. Yeah, that shit's legit.
2: Two-second mouse runs on Dunkin'. <laughs> Yeah, no, but, like, going back to what I was saying was that, like, you know, since the 80s, like, you're seeing this, this, like, crazy rise in, like, people who just think that any action is good action or any or no action is bad action. So I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that people are, like, still feeling the effects of, of Reaganism in this country. I mean, the man won 49 states in 1984. Shout out to Minnesota yeah um (laughs) the only true blue state out there fuck new york california fucking goddamn fucking jesse venturas minnesota
3: but that's also too that and i don't i don't think you're intended to bring this up but that's also a big problem where people only focus on the economy is what the government is doing right like but ultimately the government has no involvement with that other than just to either release the levers which is through legislation of deregulating and then the economy goes like goes nuts the stock market goes through the roof and then it all fucking crashes and then they have to regulate it again where it's a more sustained growth and all the wall street basically says like we can't have all this fun if we have to go to home at 11 o'clock at night and then reagan's like "Eh, don't come home at all
2: (laughs) Well, no, and 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 like you know, you you see like wage, wages have been pretty much stagnant. You know, the the marginal tax rate in this country, I mean, like at one point was like ninety something percent during Eisenhower, mm-hmm. and like now it's like if they like Obama tried to push it to like forty percent, and they were like, "You fucking communist piece of shit," and it's like like I mean, Nixon, I think it was like Nixon lowered it to like sixty, and then the bottom dropped out with with Reagan in the eighties. It was like. 30 percent and it's like i i I don't know what happened in this country that reagan had that much of an impact that he literally just fucking got people now you have people that are even like considered liberal who are extremely conservative economically but like we were saying we're, we're going to live in a bubble economy probably for the next forever yeah it's we're just going to go from one bubble burst into the next so i'm just hoping i i, I was hearing like like, I, I think I read something about, like, somebody was, like, offering, like, so, like, what what are those, like, mortgages? Those subprime mortgages? Oh, yeah. Those teaser rate things? Like, they were off. like, oh, yeah, this fucking history just repeating itself over and over again. <laughs> because, like, no one's going to be able to buy a house.
4: No. At this point. Well, that's, like, the first, I think because of the excessive price of purchasing a house and all the fees and everything else that's involved in it like it's the first thing to stop and completely halt
3: yeah it's the largest
4: investment you're ever going to make exactly absolutely and and that's why like and it's such a big industry it's got a lot of hands get greased in the process and they all they all like almost all of them run off commission of some sort so it really crushes them, which is why it, it's insane to me that they haven't made, like, a sensible style of, like, okay, while the while the industry's hot, right, like, you pay in, right, every commission you make, you give a cut, and then that, that money matures in some sort of investment form so that it pays you out in those periods, because it is the one industry that this constantly happens to, and then we're like, oh, no, not the houses, not the banks, and it's like, because they didn't plan ahead.
3: Very rarely do, do any kind of industries plan ahead because why? Cause it's any kind of saved money is wasted money. And you see that more often than not with airlines, because they always need to get fucking bailed out whenever something happens because they want to, they want to buy shit, but they also want to pay all of their executives and I think there's one part, and I'll let you get back to this, Gato, But there's one thing that folks need to recognize with the housing market is it's only going to pause. Prices aren't going to go down; they're just going to hold steady, and then we'll be back in a year when, like, the demand for housing is fucking insane because at this point, no one's also going to build houses either.
2: We have, we uh, yeah, we don't, we can't even fill the houses we have. And by the way, you're right; prices will never, prices don't ever
3: go down. No.
2: They they literally once they go up,
3: they're up. They stay there. Yep. Got to go back to what you're saying.
4: Uh, it, it, well, no, I mean, you know, t- just exactly that is like I think we we don't do like, for instance, right? One thing that a financial planner would tell you is unwise is to invest in stocks in your own company, right? Mm-hmm. They would tell you go invest somewhere else because if you lose your job and the company goes under, like you you're you're shit out of luck, right? Right. All all that money, all that value goes down. And that's why it's like, I don't understand why, like you see mega corporations do it all the time and they don't fail, right? Yeah, they go through hard times stock wise, but they don't actually fail because their hand is in too many goddamn things at once for just one thing to completely shut them down. And I don't understand why even though I understand that every like things are smaller and it's not going to cover you completely. I don't understand why other industries, other businesses haven't done a better job at just making ways of preparing for these because we know they're inevitable. If we do the math, it's only a matter of time before this bubble bursts into the next one. Right? So like why I just, I don't understand the why behind it. I mean, I get that we just this is how we do things because we're dumb as fuck, but like, why? <laughs> it's
2: just it's just crazy to me though that like you think back in the day, right? Like in the '60s, uh, the average price for a home was like twelve thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. the average income was like six thousand. So, I mean, really, it's like two years worth of income. Now what is the average, the average weight, like yearly income is like $60,000 nationally. The average prone price is $300,000, which is, I mean, it just, it just exponentially wages have gone nowhere and like everything just costs more,
4: but yet there's more value in the economy than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) just to clarify that it
3: is the average Annual income in America is 56 fifty-one nine. It's that has was, it gone down? Well, that's in twenty nineteen. That, like,
2: that sounds like it went down though. I could have sworn it was like fifty-six.
3: I mean, it probably could have been. Um, and then on average four hundred and fifty three thousand dollars for a house.
2: That's the national average
3: in twenty
2: twenty one. Fucking hell.
3: I might be reading this wrong, but it's on a it's on a stats website, so you never know, really. Um, in 2020, it was three hundred ninety-one thousand dollars. Wow! So, it
2: just, I mean, just went up sixty grand in one year. I mean, it's ridiculous. You see, people are getting. But it's, it's gone up every.
3: Homes. It's gone every. It's gone up every year. It's, only in 2011, only in 2010 and 2011 had it dipped, but that's all residual effects of the worst housing market crash in the history of America. But I also want to point out too, from 2000 to 2005, the housing market went from $207,000 a year to 297. So you had a $90,000 increase in a span of five years. Which
4: is pretty crazy, man, because <laughs> if you're riding that wave, you could essentially just buy a house, sell it in Hold the it. Air, and and basically make, uh, make what you double what you could earn on average <laughs> by doing nothing but literally buying and selling your house pretty much <laughs>
2: dude like yeah you could probably Tom you probably could make a profit off your house right now mm-hmm. But like where would you get where would you go after that I, you fuck, know? <laughs> fuck, I know
4: dude it took us five <laughs> months to find one um, that's the thing the house the next house you buy is going to be more expensive right if this is the continuous trend yeah it's going to oh. have to
3: be. And ultimately like the housing market itself is gated because it's far easier to stay in the housing market than it is to get into it. But ultimately, and the unfortunate reality is like homeownership is a form of wealth in
4: this country. It's a form of like, um, Property you know, has always been a key linchpin of American capital success. Like, Yeah.
0: I mean, so that's po- the,
3: that's the unfortunate part is like, now it's just going to take forever for people to get into it. I don't think the like the small business owner, like property owner is the problem though. It's these massive real estate corporations that are buying up essentially chunks of cities. Yes. And then spiking the, the renter and the renting costs of them. And you're basically pricing everybody out of the market itself.
2: Yeah. I th- I think we, there, we don't, we don't have, we have an overabundance of like empty homes in this country and it's not a matter of like the houses. It's the, like, like Tom, you made a perfect point that um, it's these real estate companies. They just buy them in bulk and like they'll sit there fucking empty. But it's also like, again, people don't have the money to buy. Like I, like that's, that's the barrier, right? Is like, a minimum wage in which people can actually survive off of. Like, do you guys hear what John Thune said the other day? He's a GOP Mm -hmm. senator. He rejected the idea of $15 minimum wage because when he was younger, he got $6 per hour.
3: I hate that argument already. Fuck that. No,
2: number one, he's in his 60s. So when he was a teenager, it was like 40 years ago. But what's funny is they said they they actually did the math on it um the independent and it's actually $23 with inflation so he was earning $23 worth of money back then mm-hmm. so he re- and honestly the minimum wage probably should be like $30 an hour at this
4: point probably well that's i mean that's the funny thing is that like everybody taking there's so many people taking that that point of like this is what i earned back then i don't understand why it's good enough now like all the boomers look at like the price of things and like they're just like, yeah, like uh, I don't like I was able to earn everything and do all of this stuff off of. And it's like because this wasn't an issue for you. Like and they forget that,
3: you know. Yeah. And then ask them, well, should college pricing be the same as it was when you oh, were going yeah. to school? And they're like, oh, no, no, it shouldn't be that. Like, cool. Then why is it minimum wage where it should be as well?
4: I mean, I saw a chart the other day where it was, like, generational, like, wealth and the percentage of how much was captured. And it was, like, boomers went from, like, they started higher on the chart, and then they grew to, like, 70% of the wealth or whatever. And then you just see, like, Gen Xs, Millennials, Gen Zs. We were at, like, 5%, and we moved up to, like, a lowly 22 And it was, like, the the comparison in, like the 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 slope of these lines was not like it was maybe four times ton- like they had it so fucking good oh yeah and they still squandered it, it well this was it, the yeah. this never
2: thing. seen a bunch never seen a, a bigger bunch of bigger crybabies who lived a really. b- easy life and they just all they do is bitch
4: because they all thought that they deserved to be successful <laughs> because they all got up and went to work day after day I so love now that they think that like the world is owed to them
2: I love that it's my funny. parents are like really like nuanced boomers and they were like yeah my he's like we had it easy they were like you know these people are fucking full of shit he's like it was super easy back then we didn't really even have to go to like school we got jobs that would pay us really well and we were able to like raise a family on them one income in the household they were able to live off of and it's like it's all been squandered they they're at least they they know that like yeah, it's full of shit
3: Talk about freeloaders. I mean, they fucking got everything from their parents' generation who actually survived through the first influenza outbreak, the Great Depression, World War I, and then World War fucking II. Like, come on, man. Yep.
2: I, I say it all the time. My my grandfather bought that house in fucking Smithtown. I mean, St. James, Smithtown, one of the nicest areas on Long Island. He bought that house for like $11,000. And again, he was probably making like, you know, he was a big like sales associate guy at Macy's. He was probably making good money, probably made like six or $7,000 a year. And like, imagine like buying a house for like two years worth of your salary. Like imagine if the house was like a hundred grand or like 160 grand, really nice house. I mean, like be nothing.
4: Oh yeah. Cause it, it sets like a weird standard in which like next generation has to perform at. And it's like, you wonder why we're not really down with the whole return to office thing. Um, We prefer to work from home. We, we want, we want to go and venture out and do things like art for ourselves. A lot of people want to become influencers. It's because that's where there's opportunity in a very limited area of opportunity for most people.
3: You know? Yeah, these are the only lucrative occupations at this point. Or like being semi-famous on Instagram and like talking about your skincare routine,
2: brand deals.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's wild,
4: man. You know, and-
2: I I don't fault I don't fault these young kids for trying to do that. Honestly, like a lot of people are like, oh, this fucking TikTok generation. It's like they they see the writing on the wall. They know where this planet's fucked with climate change. They know that like they're never going to buy a house. They're never going to have a job that's going to pay them well. What's the easiest way? Try and get famous off of TikTok and make a brand deal. That, you know who Addison Ray is? Yeah. She, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know if she was famous or like has connections. She just got famous off of TikTok and like she got like a Netflix
3: deal. Yeah. But we got to talk about that Netflix movie, though. I know we're talking about something. Oh, we were going to do that, right? That oh, movie. Yeah. I watched a review of that movie, ironically, from somebody who's a YouTuber. And that whole movie is fucking
4: weird. Pick of the
3: week, Tom. Which movie was this again, by the way? It's called He's All That. He's All not, That. Not, not
4: She's she. All That. This is a, a, a recon of. of- it's, a,
2: it's a reverse. It's it's the old reverse Freddie Prince Jr.
1: Yeah, pretty yeah.
3: much. But the
1: <laughs> know, thing you know
2: that thing, old ditty.
3: The thing about this movie is that she is a TikTok like influencer, by no means an actress. Um, no. so does not have the acting chops necessarily, but that entire movie is basically sponsored by brands. Like,
2: <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna go win her back. But at first, I'm gonna have this ice cold Pepsi. I'm gonna so, eat these
3: Doritos
4: first, mm, and I'm gonna hold the bag Pepsi. so strangely. Like you would never <laughs> hold a bag. This day.
1: Like, uh, like.
3: <laughs> hang on, I have to find this guy's name and give him some credit because I would not have watched that movie. But watching his review of it was
4: hysterical.
2: Go got him.
4: Well, it's just funny because I think this is uh, this actually my pick of the week. Um, I wasn't gonna mention this, but now that we're talking about it, I've noticed on Netflix a lot of the new releases, a lot of the new movies happen to have product plugs in weird places. Yeah. And uh, I think this is just Netflix's way of finding budgeting. You Are know? you talking about the Sandler so, uh, movie? Yes. Yeah Hustle. That's yeah. that's my pick. <laughs> I,
2: I I didn't I haven't seen it yet, but I heard there's like really obvious product placement like in a lot of scenes. It's that, it,
3: that that was very much this. He's all that film, yeah. Pretty much though.
4: So. Like the running joke is that he just loves like fast food, and he's just eating KFC or fucking McDonald's everywhere but he goes internationally. That,
2: that is a that is inherently a Sandler thing though. Yes. Because Popeye's chicken and in, in uh Little Nikki, uh, what was it in Big Daddy? He was he loved something in Big Daddy, right? McDonald's. He loved McDonald's. Breakfast. Oh, Hooters,
4: Hooters, and McDonald's, Hooters uh, in, uh, Big and Big Daddy, Daddy. Hooters and McDonald's. That would be the best yeah. Hooters ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a McDonald's in a Hooters that's also in a McDonald's.
4: <laughs> Welcome to the Sandlerverse.
2: <laughs> it's like Inception, but for fast food, and everybody's
3: wearing sweatpants. Yes. God. Sweat,
4: sweatpants, and jet jerseys,
2: <laughs> and then Subway and fucking Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I never really even put that much thought of into this. What about Billy Madison? Mm. Snack packs, yeah, pudding. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta cherish it.
3: <laughs> uh, Danny Gonzalez is his name. And so if you're if you're looking for a good joke on YouTube or some reviews,
2: a, is that the name of his channel or is that uh, is that his name?
3: That's his name. Let me uh, let me click into this real quick. Yeah. Danny Gonzalez is his is the name of the game here.
4: OK. Danny Guns, huh?
3: And this guy's made cash, too. I think he uh, I think he's been doing this since he was in high school and now he's like 26 or 27. But he pointed out – he went through the credits of the He's All That film, and all it is is just sponsorships from, like, Downey, sponsorships from Lexus. And he's like, <laughs> I watched this movie. Downey? There's not a single car in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Downey? Like, like the paper they have a towels. Sp- yeah, like, like,
4: did they have a spill that someone wiped their ass on screen? Like, what happened here? literally in the back. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Like, out of frame or out of focus. It's like, so bad. Okay, it's, here's it's, – Here's here's our goal, right? Within the next three months, we have to write a script that puts as many products—oh, god—into yes. the movie as possible. I'm down with that, dude. And and the um. title will even even have like a, a sponsor's name in it. What about if they're all Coke Industries products? <laughs> I mean, then it's just. What,
2: wait. What else? Wait, wait. Who else? What is, what is? What else does Coke own? Georgia, like Pas- is-
3: Georgia Pacific, Scotts Lawn Care. Oh they, God! It's they all chemical and shit. petroleum stuff. Like,
2: oh, that's not. That's not encouraging.
3: We can make it work though. If there's a group of individuals who could make this work, I am very confident in the three of them. You us. sure
2: you don't want to do like Nestle? Because like they have like a lot of different stuff we can do. A lot of different foods and drinks.
3: That's easy though.
2: Oh, you want to make oh so the difficulty of it all? Yeah, I mean,
3: it'll probably going to be a slasher film. So
2: (laughs) he's going to kill somebody with a fucking coke.
3: (laughs) No, no, no. They don't own Coca Cola. Coke Industries does not own Coca Cola. Coke Industries is all chemicals,
4: dude. Coca Cola, Coca Cola, (laughs) by the way, owns over two hundred brands worldwide.
2: Oh, I mean, really, everything amounts to like five different corporations. It's like Nestle, General Mills, uh, PepsiCo, yeah, yeah. PepsiCo, Frito Lay, Frito Lay, Coca Cola, Coca Cola, and maybe like a couple others. Johnson and that's and like Johnson. John, John. No, it's another one. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson's another one. They're, Is like Procter own... and Gamble one too. Yes, Procter and Gamble's yep. one. They all own every. There was like a huge chart that I saw, and it was like it shows you like every single product and where it offshoots to. It's fucking disturbing. Especially because, like, the fucking head of Nestle said that, like, water is not a human right.
4: Sure. Can f- Can we just name the movie commercial movie? Oh yeah, and and it's literally just like commercial through commercial. commercial or do you want to? Do you want to? This film is like, brought to you whole- by. <laughs>
2: Yes. Or do you want to call it? Like, please pay us. We beg you. Like please give us money.
4: It's just like every scene we're drinking like a different drink, and like the brand labels pointed out. Ooh,
2: do you think we can get Kendall Jenner to recreate that Pepsi where she like goes to the protest and like hands the cop a Pepsi? Do you think we I'm, can get her to I'm recreate sure that? We can
4: get the rights. Yeah. I we don't even we, need to have her on set. We could just reuse the commercial. <laughs> I yeah, I would agree. Except we need to reshoot it because the way
3: it would actually work is if he if she handed that police officer a Coca-Cola, he would they give her he a fucking, Pepsi. He'd take it, sad. drink it,
4: and then pepper sprayer. <laughs> I'm 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 actually picturing like the purge, but with, with like, you know, national brands. So like everyone's in a different civil war faction. Based oh, on God. like the brands that they like, so
2: like, now, PepsiCo, I mean, PepsiCo's beefing with General Mills,
4: yeah, and 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 they're and they're all running out. It's bucket. like West Side.
2: It's like West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like West Side Story, but me, but corporations.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, why, I'm
2: General. Why, I'm, I'm General Mills. You're PepsiCo. It can never work.
3: <laughs> watch out for those Levi Strauss guys because they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I think we're
4: onto uh, something, guys. I, I think we can make this happen.
2: It's it's a, it's a love story it's all tail. it's
3: all fun and games until we're sued by over 200 different companies.
2: yeah <laughs> we're su- we we win we, we we end up getting sued more like by like the judgment against us is like the largest in u.s history
3: yeah and marvel ends up winning the rights to the film and they just rebrand <laughs> it
2: <laughs> it makes like two billion dollars
4: <laughs> largest grossing film ever
2: robert downey jr's in it like oh
4: god what the fuck am i doing
2: <laughs> why am I in this the painting's paying 70 it. yeah the painting's 75 million okay cool it's cool now
4: if 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 it's a great everyone script was told, a great script if everyone was told they were gonna get like one percent royalty off of each product that is seen in the movie in the movie they would be they'd be in for free guarantee.
3: Elon Musk would call us to get a DVD Blu-ray copy so he can put it on like Snapdragon or whatever the fuck it's called and just gonna shoot it into space.
4: No, no I, I, I thought you were going to say he would just get the DVD case just to do lines off of or something. Yes, just... and,
3: <laughs> yes. And yes. <laughs> and I think Johnny Depp should be in it.
4: Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, could, he could be on there just... with his little Dior fucking guitar in the middle of fucking nowhere. With the wolves, he he speaks to wolves now, guys. Did you not know that? Oh, this has been a thing he's done for a while, though. Oh, really?
2: Do you, you guys hear he's back in court? By the way, for what? Beating up a set worker. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is this is the great guy everybody's talking about. Everybody's
3: in love with.
4: But you know what, though, that story will that no one's going to talk about it. Not once. Not once.
3: We're all just going to forget about that.
2: The more I've looked into it, I think the more that Amber Heard was innocent, and he was the bad one.
4: I mean, she just wrote an article which didn't name him, and was like, yeah, he really sucked, and he fucked me up.
3: I think we should be clear, though, she actually did not write the article. She had the ACLU write it. Oh, did she? Yeah.
4: I don't pay attention to the facts. I don't need those things. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I mean, the, the The whole gist of this is that, like, you can't necessarily call out the wrong person if they got enough friends and and public opinion favors them, right? Like, that's the...
1: The the
2: absolute public flading that people are doing with Johnny Depp is insane to me.
4: Well, we talked about this, what, two weeks, three weeks ago, how there was a lot of... Like for instance, uh, what is it? The Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's fucking news outlet, um, engaged a lot with this topic. Um, Twitter, Twitter bots. Twitter bots. There was an overrepresentation of Twitter bots um, pushing this story to the forefront because I guess they saw this as a an attack on war. Yeah, well, men rights activist groups were really um, pushing on this this case i think because they knew that they had a winner in public perception that I well know,
2: it's yeah because he was they posting
4: their w's
2: they they had a lot of like female support because it's johnny depp and mm-hmm. like you know for a lot of people it's very nostalgic he's edward scissorhands and he's fucking you know pa- captain jack sparrow so and i'm sure a lot of people had a crush on him when they were younger so he's he's had a lot of favor and like, they're using that to leverage, like, and also it's, it's a blueprint for men to essentially like, like the next the Harvey Weinstein. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The next Harvey Weinstein to silence his, you know, his accusers in court and then get a judgment of $15 million after doing something terrible to them. So, uh, and I mean like Johnny Depp law. Like, so in the UK, the court system is very heavily favored towards the plaintiff, especially in libel. He lost in the UK. Yeah. He, he, he sued he her for libel you. and he lost. Yep. So I, I'm shocked at number one, he won the defamation case, but apparently the judge did not like silo the fucking jurors.
4: So I had saw something about the instructions regarding also the, the like, what they had to decide on was kind of improperly slanted in Johnny Depp's favor as well. Cause the, his I'm, law team just outlawed the other two, You know, I'm Amber.
2: not going to sit here and tell you that Amber Heard's a good person. I don't know. She is, but she got fuck She got fucked over in that real bad.
4: I think we just watched like two of two extremely toxic people in Hollywood have it out in public court. And like, I don't think anyone should actually be feeling good for anybody especially society after yeah. what we just saw like this is all ugly yep which is why no one could look away because it was just a total train wreck it's shitty people
3: using and abusing the american justice system for their own gain
4: and i don't i don't
3: know people if it's taking true. sides
4: and cheering
1: because it became it becomes
2: arthing. sports yeah
4: yeah it was sports
2: I heard I heard something I don't know if this is true. So um I heard that it lasted longer than any like murder trial ever. I'm not sure if that's true. Hmm. But the court case, but I I'd heard that. It sounded weird, but I'm like
4: I I mean, I don't know anything about anything when it comes to that, but um there is just so much documented shit behind their relationship that I guess it would take that long to go through it all.
2: He's he like I, look my opinion I you know I don't have any facts to back it up I don't think he's a good person so no, he's probably uh, shit. So as much as like you're if you think that he was right in the the defamation suit, that's fine. But the literal cheering for him, like he's some kind of like, oh look, he's so cute, and oh I love Johnny, Did and you? he's like, it's disgusting.
4: There was a video of when it broke that he had won in court. He was like out at a bar with people, and like everyone starts screaming and cheering and like fucking chugging their beers and shit because he won. Jesus Christ! <laughs> such a we're, we're doomed, man. We're such a doomed fucking species, man.
2: Yeah, it's like I mean, like I I mean, if you go back like to the eighties and the seventies, do you think that like do you think people would have been talking about? Um a famous act. I like I, I all I, this would I'm, have I'm, been
3: shameful back then.
2: Right. You know like, what they were
3: talking about instead? The um the the Joe McCarthy Red Scare that was happening in Hollywood in the nineteen fifties. Cause that was actually that act, that shit actually had some real implications in people's
2: Yeah. Thoughts. That was actually like a real devastating. people like ruined people's career were ruined over that.
3: Yeah. for literally
2: for literally believing in a certain political faction (laughs) or
4: just being implicated in it too right yeah (laughs) i mean don't get don't get me wrong i don't think that amber heard would even get a lawyer to represent her in a case like that back then because that was just par for the course the shittiness that went on nowadays it's just so
2: crazy So I'm looking it up. Uh, He no. So Depp is. So so Depp is headed back to trial amid claims that he assaulted a crew member on a movie set in 2017.
4: Okay, so that's totally different.
2: Yeah. So apparently, Uh um, Brooks alleges that Depp reeked of alcohol, quote unquote, and punched him repeatedly, even after he attempted to extricate himself from the situation. Where was uh, this
4: case, like, during the trial? <laughs> like, I want to know. Right? Probably can't bring it up.
2: So some yeah, crew... so some
4: working against it.
2: Yeah, another time crew members had said that he got into another verbal confrontation, but it did not get physical.
4: This reminds me of uh, Bill Murray. Like, we were talking about how they shut down a set because he was getting fucking yeah. aggressive again, like... Don't meet your heroes, man. They're funny. no.
2: I mean, <laughs> and and I'll, and I wanted to and I wanted to mention this also. The fact that Johnny Depp is a Roman Polanski apologist just proves my point.
3: Yeah, it's pretty We're sketchy. Dead.
2: And I and don't and do yourself a favor. Either well, actually, either don't if you don't want to look up that fucking. uh There was a back in a couple years ago. I think it was like 2015. There was a. Um, what do you call it a, a petition to get Roman Polanski um, I think like to try and get him like free of like any charges and the minute you see the names on that list you, you're gonna be real sick cause it's a lot like Martin Scorsese signed it a lot of famous fucking people I like I think Quentin Tarantino signed it which is devastating to me I already knew Quentin was kind of a piece of shit, but that 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 is really depressing.
4: I mean but like at the same time we're talking about like people that deal in impossible stories to begin with, right? Like their sense of morality or compass is kind of tainted.
2: You literally have someone who is convicted of like hurting a teenager. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know what? It was 40 years ago. Who cares? And it's like, yeah, you know what? Who cares that that guy ate somebody's face? Like, you know, you can say that about anybody. It
4: becomes you a can, very slippery fucking slope.
2: And it's just because he's a like, he's a good director. And I will say, yeah, he's a very good director. But like that doesn't change anything. Like he, you know, there's, I'm glad he's been extra. Like he's hiding in France, and he won't come
4: back. It'd be a different story if he had gone to jail for his crimes, but he literally fled. Right,
2: country, you know? and like they'll, they, and like it's weird because like there's so many of like these actors that will defend him and say it was consensual when the victim said it wasn't.
4: <laughs> and well, this is like, this is what r- makes rise to like Alex Jones's claims about Hollywood and shit. I, what I mean? it's, it's hard
2: not to believe. This is sometimes. an extensive
4: list, of- dude. It's bad. <laughs>
2: It's like I never, I never really thought about it because I know, like I know Woody Allen signed it and all that, and yeah, like whatever. That not, not a shock. With that right, one. but like I, I was actually shocked at the amount of people that I was like, "Shit, I didn't even know this guy." Like this now, person was
4: who composed this list.
2: It was a, it was a petition that went around. Like was it like
4: a legal team? So it's Romanites. Um, Romanites. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's I think it was I think it was something that just went around that people were trying to drum up support to have him brought back and like apparently to try and get the justice system to allow him to come back to the United States and not face any charges because he fled to France because they don't have extradition.
4: Why does he deserve any of like uh, Wes
2: Wes Anderson that uh, one fucking hurts real bad.
3: Tilda Swinton, Steven Soderbergh, Sam Mendes.
2: Sam Mendes, yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Alfonso Curion. That one fucking hurts. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Do
4: you think like half of these people were in denial of it?
2: Fucking Jeremy Irons. Like, come on, man. Michael Mann.
3: Jonathan oh, Man.
2: Brett Ratner. Yeah, that tracks. Scorsese. Soderbergh.
3: Did you say the Cohen brothers? No. They were no. on there. Oh. Come that, on, I, man. I didn't,
2: and Tom, I didn't even that, see that one. And that one fucking hurts real bad. That one sucks.
3: Emma Thompson and Natalie Portman, Portman have since apologized for signing this.
2: Yes. Yeah, but they refused to say why. Though Penelope Cruz, by the way, was uh, what she worked with him, I believe, and mm-hmm. then she was asked about it and refused to answer.
4: Does this guy maybe like have like dirt on everybody in Hollywood?
1: Is that it? No,
2: he's just he's an he's an Oscar-winning director, and he's made some amazing movies, and and people play the mindset that like so the the story you know, is it's denial.
4: That... They're in denial that a guy who can do these things could also be that type this, of terrible person.
2: So he obviously is famous because he was married to Sharon Tate, Sharon Tate, who was murdered by the Manson family uh, while he was away filming. I think it was uh, overseas and. Ain't that convenient. The, yeah. Well, this was apparently, I think she was 13 and she, apparently he brought her to a party And she says that he gave her a drug and she ended up, he ended up like assaulting her. Now, again, the support hedges from the idea that they're saying it was consensual. She was fucking 13 years old. Yeah. There's no such thing. And like, obviously, fucking Johnny Depp was, there's video of him like saying, like, oh, he's an old man now. Like, you know it's and i think he basically said like it feels like they were trying to like because like no one did anything about it for a long time and then finally they like we're gonna press charges against him and he fled and like he felt like it was a coordinated attack on him you can look it up it's on youtube where he's supporting roman polanski it's disgusting
4: yeah the whole thing is pretty sketchy as hell
2: so never meet your heroes people
4: that like cosby Is a is a perfect example of like what he was a harm he was a harmless old man too right? No, he's still a fucking he's still a monster.
2: And by the way, he's free because and he's free to this day because of that shit. That he's like, oh, this harmless old man, fucking garbage. I just it's hard to like look at that list because it's like so many people I fucking yeah.
3: (laughs) There's a lot of big names on there and people that you know. Are, have made impressive films and have been in impressive films, and it's <sighs> just fucking like, Scorsese.
4: This is why my role models are only in porn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my god!
2: God damn it, that was good.
3: Okay. On that note, do we want to move on? To yes, please. Yeah, this is depressing. Two, the two most favorite topics we have of all time. Let's start with assholes of the week first.
2: Well, I'll start. Uh, So we were talking about, obviously, uh, wages. And this is all kind of centered around that topic we were talking about before. Uh, So the U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman named Jerome Powell uh, came out the other day. And he announced his plan on how to fix this inflation issue that we have going on. And it's by getting wages down. You got it. Not by trying to, you know, rein in government spending, not in trying to rein in corporate CEOs making like 300 times what their workers are making. No, he believes that workers are making too much, too much money. Uh, Quote, employers are having difficulties filling job openings and wages are rising at the fastest pace in many years. So his solution is to bring wages down at a time in which we are potentially heading towards a recession and people are scared, and there are going to be people who are going to be without jobs and probably no savings because of COVID.
3: Savings um, are down, by the way, too.
2: Of course they are. Big yeah, it makes sense. A lot of people ate through their fucking savings during COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. By the
2: way, COVID's still an issue; um, hasn't gone away. And uh, so, yeah, so he he believed he used the term "workers need to be disciplined by the labor market." They're saying the quiet part out loud at this point that they fucking hate you and they want you to be poor because they want to give more money to their fucking corporate CEO friends. So fuck you, Jerome Powell.
4: Got fuck up. you, Jerome Powell. Um oh that, that guy just you know, you, you could you could cut my wages, but first like a loaf of bread has gotta cost fucking twenty nine cents again. You know what I mean? Like that's it just garbage. That it's shit. just so crazy. Yeah. It, it goes back to
3: that mindset that the economy is this all powerful and like completely necessary machine that all you can do is feed it and you can't disrupt it or else it's going to punish you. Like the economy is people.
4: And it, sorry, Tom, just but it will punish you if you're a guy like this, who all of his money is tied up in fucking stock and all sorts of assets like that, that. Their value rises and falls on economy. So powerful people feel that the economy needs to be powerful to keep them full of fucking blood. And, and yeah.
2: what's what's so crazy now is the minimum wage is what seven twenty five nationally, federally? for the
3: most part, for across the country. Yeah. So
2: seven twenty five per hour. It's been that way since two thousand nine. Back in nineteen sixty eight, it was like a dollar sixty. Which today would be, like, over $13. Mm-hmm. So, like, with inflation, the minimum wage has not even, like, we're not even making as much money as they were back then. Just because the dollar amount's higher. Like, per inflation, how do they expect, like, how do they expect people to live? How do they expect people to fucking pay their rent and be able to fucking afford food?
4: They want more debt. They want this country- more debt.
3: This country already had a big problem before COVID about people not making enough money in their current jobs to be able to like live. Honestly, the only way they're going to solve this is by paying people out of it. Like they're going to have to spend their way out of it. And I, regardless of what political party has the idea to raise the interest rates and anybody who says it, that we're going to have to tighten our belts. That's not going to work. Like, People have hurt too long.
4: It, it it also goes with the idea that, all, that every solution is a patch to mm-hmm. a real problem.
3: We and kick the can down the road over and over and over again.
4: Yeah, and that's exactly it. Because regardless, it's a buy low, sell high fucking mindset. And we're just going to keep doing whatever we can to make it look good until we sell it off and sell it off hard with not taking any liability along the way. Yep.
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it always falls on labor. You know, it always falls on like the average person to pay for the mistakes of politicians. And it's been going on for way too long.
4: Politicians, corporations. We, we pick up the tab on all of that all the time, every single time. And we are the ones to blame when things aren't going right? (laughs) Yep. Go eat a dick. <laughs> so
2: fucking stupid. I hate it.
4: Fuck this noise. Yes. Gotta uh, who you got? My asshole of the week. We're still gun safety, gun issues in America are you know still at a uh, at a peak right now, an all time high. Um, N-
2: another shooting the other day, by the way.
4: There. Uh, what was cool. it? Last weekend there was twenty six. Did one There was yesterday too. No I think we haven't missed a day since
2: fucking Christ.
4: Yeah, so it's on the rise right now. Um Blake Masters, Republican candidate for uh the US Senate in Arizona. Um, he's also a Trump pick. Um, claimed gun violence is largely a racial issue. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet he did. <laughs> So I think the quote from him was we do have a gun violence problem in this country and it's gang violence. He (laughs) was on the Jeff Orvitz show when he said this in April. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, Oh, he he went on to say some more stuff like it's people in Chicago, St. Louis (laughs) shooting each other. Very often, you know, black people, frankly.
2: Did he say that?
4: Yes. And the Democrats... Don't want anything to do about it. That's probably true, um, but like he this said, is,
2: it's black people. Frankly,
4: it's people in Chicago, St. Louis shooting each other very often. You know, black people. Frankly, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Yep, he's a believer in replacement theory. Of course oh, he of is. Of course he is. Yep, <laughs> and and like that's like, are you paying any fucking attention to the news? Because if you if you were to make I think they've done these, you can like look them up online. there's like a composite of all like the active shooters and they'll they'll give you a composite of all the suspects and it's it's a it's a very white everyone. crowd. yes, it's a very white crowd. It's just again, like we're talking about and these are people that are running for some of the highest offices in our in our country, and they are believers in the theories that make people go crazy and commit atrocities like The one in buffalo the one in uvalde you know these these ideas that are are perpetuated and spread around and they're they're a larger they're they're a larger symptom of of what's causing the violence right um is is this type of thought process and like to be on a national setting and to say shit like that and then like and this is what annoys me is that they'll turn around and they'll say, well, statistically looking at so-and-so and this stat, it's like, dude, we have a million data points for a million things these days. Anyone can make any argument out of any piece of data if they look at it through whatever fucking lens to make their point, right? There's confirmation bias. like
2: Stat manipulation, for sure.
4: It is. And, like, I, I just, I want to highlight this guy because, like, you know we might have to hear from him on a fucking regular if he ends up fucking winning the Senate seat in fucking Arizona and like is we he just,
2: is, we don't is need he more. is he going against cinemama uh, I, I, I always mispronounce her last name Sie uh, yeah is he going against her because I know um,
4: uh, no 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 Mark Kelly face uh, off so, Mark so, Kelly. okay oh, so
2: Mark Kelly okay because Mark Kelly was like the interim guy after McCain had passed um I think I think Mark Kelly should probably beat him um but it is arizona so it's like
4: who knows dude yeah
2: yeah it's so up in the air
4: because because things have been pretty wild over there since uh since the 2020 election so
2: that's fucking crazy but it's like an echo
4: chamber making it's making more violence you know what i mean it's a perpetuating machine oh yeah comments like this do not do not stop this. They, they they only exacerbate what's already happening out there. You know, you're an asshole, right. man. Like, don't say that shit.
3: Well, he's only going for one side of the the you know yeah. the demographic at this point. So he's he's going after the one Infinity uh, Stone. Yes, for his gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I guess I'll go then. Um. So this is a unique asshole of the week selection because it's in fact me.
1: Oh, and the
3: reason why I am the asshole of the week or my pick to be asshole of the week was because I thought you Gatto and you, Q, were exaggerating how fucking awful the Charlotte airport is. <laughs> I owe both of you a huge, huge <laughs> policy apology. I really had no idea how fucking horrible that experience was going to be until <laughs> Thursday morning when I went to that airport where flying in the United States is just horrible to begin with. Yeah. Because you basically show up in a big steel box and be yelled at by everybody who works there. Like you're an idiot and there's (laughs) 9,000 fucking people there. And for whatever reason, everyone's IQ drops off a fucking cliff. As soon as I see a subway, Or a Quiznos or a Jersey Mike's there and they feel compelled to stop in the middle of the fucking terminal and be like staring at the menu. (laughs) Go in. Like, don't stand around. But the Charlotte airport experience was fucking horrible. Both flying out and coming back in. The line through security was insane. And for no other reason other than they could. And anytime you like stepped like a foot outside of the line that they told you, there'd be somebody running up to you, yelling at you. And I'm just like, dude, it already costs a shit ton of money to fly. And now I have to go here and basically be hazed for two and a half hours. And then I have to get on this fucking plane that has only become less and less of an enjoyable experience the, the older I've gotten yeah so all that to be said i completely did not believe you when you said flying into charlotte airport was bad um i didn't believe you when you said flying out was bad either so i am the asshole of the week on from my perspective because that shit sucked so my bad <laughs> yes, it, for, for
2: context for context purposes Godo and i were going going through security and obviously as you know now tom it's not fun and we're getting text messages from tom like aggressively asking us like what's the fucking hold up and i'm telling him your fucking red state bullshit is 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 not moving and like did not believe us so i'm glad he finally has some context i'm sorry you had to go through that but i am a little i am a little happy that you got a little
4: context
3: Well, they said it was all like constructions and things like that. I did not
4: see any fucking construction when I walked in there. No, they—they just know that there's nothing you can do about it. Like,
2: uh, I'm surprised they didn't spit on you.
4: (laughs) 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 Yeah. I mean, if I had asked one more question, they
3: probably would have, like the way that they had their security system, like the, the scanners, the body scanners and all that thing, the way that they had set that up, they assumed like I was on the ground floor of like the plant that built that fucking thing. They're like, how do you not know how to use this? I'm like, cause I don't work here, dude, you come to my job and I'll assume that you know what the fuck you're doing there. So (laughs) But I, also, too, like people become stupid when they go to the airport, like walk fast. Everyone around you is walking fast. Why are you walking slow? Dude, get out of my way. Like you should. I don't know how to make that experience better. That
4: that is I don't know, man. That is something that is just it, it exists everywhere. Dude, that part.
3: Oh, I know that. But it's just airports in general. Like as soon as people get there, they're like, oh, Panda Express. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen one before?
2: <laughs> and listen if you go if you're going to panda express at the airport like good fucking luck you your
3: everybody on the flight you're going on your but-
2: intestines are done for
4: <laughs> question tom when you were did you did you check luggage no oh. i did not because that was the real part of the experience that i really wish you had had because for whatever reason what is this in the south by the way southern air conditioning is basically like me blasting my furnace here in the north i don't understand why like the cold air that's coming through the vents is still hotter than anything i'm pumping through my house the coldest day of the year i don't
2: (laughs) oh no yeah like i'm i'm standing there and like i'm sweating bullets in that like waiting for my fucking Bag to come. It was and a Mitch
4: McConnell sauna. I have
2: I-, I have Gatto fucking pestering me. He's like, my bag's gonna come first. I'm leaving,
4: <laughs> and
2: I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling him that karma's gonna fucking come back to bite him because of that. And literally, guess what happened? His bag came fucking you, first. You were
4: you were just too anxious about it. That's why I knew it was gonna happen, man. I think the real problem though
3: is is it doesn't matter how hard, like how cold you have that room is there's just sea of humanity that's in there is just going to make everything so much it's, warmer
4: it's just all hot breath other people breathing on each other yeah everywhere it's moist it's, it's it's not even moisture because it's it's humid outside it's moisture because there's too many human beings in one area
1: you have people yeah.
3: stopping in the crosswalk to look at their phones i'm like don't stop keep walking and i want to just like push all of these people out of the way like You have to learn that this is not a place where you can kind of dawdle and fuck
4: around. Like, a a lot of people don't have that panache in a fucking airport, dude. They don't have those like refined human skills you see elsewhere i don't then know they what should hide
3: is. in the fucking brooks brothers then for all i care like, I,
4: I don't understand who's also why. going
3: to brooks brothers in the airport too who's like oh i need a suit I, I
1: gotta
4: i gotta be honest there was one time that i forgot to pack like my socks i was like going between like city to city and i like completely ran out of like I left without my socks and underwear, and I had to go into one of those stores and buy socks and underwear. Don't that you feel silly it. now,
2: Tom? Dude, so
4: by I the didn't way, do it. But like, <laughs> yeah. you could just literally just sell socks and underwear, and most people would probably be set because I yeah no buying an overpriced fucking Brooks Brother fucking pinstripe suit, fucking three piece. Like, it's not yeah, happening.
2: I agree with that. Yeah, they're not making big sales. It's all just like I'm gonna buy a tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I went first on Asshole, so Tom, you went last, so Tom, start us off with Pick.
3: We'll snake around, huh? All right. Yep. Um, honestly, I, I didn't know this until today, but um, For All Mankind, which was a Pick of the Week for mine a couple of months ago, apparently season four has dropped on Apple TV. Had no idea about it. Um, all I did was watch a commercial today that said Streaming Now. So apparently it's out now. So for all mankind season four is going to be my pick of the week. Um, I also have a couple other ideas as well, but I haven't watched those yet. Some recommendations that my parents gave me. So next week I'll hit you up with some new ones too, but check it out for all mankind. For those who don't know the, the show takes place in an alternate reality. If the Soviet union landed on the moon first and awesome. all of the things that happened after that. So, cool. great show.
4: Nice. My pick is going to be Adam Sandler's new movie, Hustle, on <laughs> so Netflix. As he just talks shit about
1: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, it does look quite good. I've heard good things, too. Uh,
4: I mean, you know what? Like, I don't know what it is about, like, sports movies. Maybe it's it's that, like, we're all still kind of suckers for, like, that that, that Rides story to Well, like, yeah, like that that hard work if if you have talent and you you put in the hard work like you can rise to the top and you can make your dreams come true it's uplifting it's still an uplifting message in the end and this doesn't shy away from that like basically it's it's a, it's a modern take on a rocky story you know what i mean they they create a a situation where you know here's here's a player from spain who has a lot to risk by taking time off from work to essentially try out and make it big in the NBA. Because by accident, Adam Sandler, who is a scout for the 76ers, happens to stumble upon what he believes is like a once in a generational talent. And there's a lot of NBA stars. It's actually produced with Adam Sandler and LeBron James. They they oh, came together awesome. to make this cool. project happen. Um and I think it's incredibly well done. It got really high ratings from both critics and on Rotten Tomatoes. I think overall it's they're saying it's like his third best film, um, behind Uncut Gems and the I, I always I think I say it always wrong, the Morowits. No, oh. morowitz diaries or whatever that's like his top like second second highest
1: More yeah look it
4: up i don't know um but you know all I, was, in, I was
2: gonna say punch drug glove
4: mm-hmm. yeah that's a great one too but uh i think it's, he, he can act like i don't know what he does
2: half the time with like the little nicky shit but he can fucking legitimately act pretty well um it's so weird to see him do these movies sometimes that are just so fucking like what was that movie with him where he plays the sister Jack and Joe Yeah.
4: Jack and Jill. That
2: fucking yeah. movie, Jesus. I
4: I mean that's like there and there's infusion of that type of Adam Sandler Always. like humor in in any role he's playing, but like it's kind of perfect for when he's kind of He's playing this talent scout. So
2: there were times during Uncle Uncut Gems where he slips into like Bobby Boucher voice, and it's like okay, rein it in a little bit, and then like he's back, and it's like, but that like yeah, he's on a tear lately. He's been doing really well. I'm actually I've been meaning to watch that. I might dig into that tonight.
3: Do you think he finally realized that all of those movies were kind of ruining his reputation, and he's hard? It'd be very hard for him to get any like good roles again.
2: No, I don't because I think I think he's the smartest man in Hollywood. He gets paid a lot of money to do these movies that are basically him goofing off with his friends. He's given Rob Schneider a career. He's given those two guys, I don't know their names, but they're they were like the friends in Big Daddy. Yeah. The the two gay guys. Um they've given them careers. So I think he just looks at it like I'm just making goofy movies with my friends. And like he gets paid a lot of money to do them. So, but I, but like the thing about Uncut Gems was the Softie brothers both said there was he, it was either him or nobody. Like he was had to be him. So, like they really wanted, and I would have loved if it was Kobe. It was supposed to be Kobe before Kevin Garnett. I, I would have loved if it was Kobe. Mm.
4: It, um, I think, I think what Uncut Gems as well as Hustle, the this movie, Hustle, <laughs> yeah. um, I think that they found roles that fit his character, like who he is as a person. hundred percent. And that's why it's, it's a good, it's a good movie for that reason that he's in. I think they could have put anybody in that role and it would have been an okay movie, but he actually makes it good being him in this movie.
2: And, and Sa- Sandler can play ball. Yeah.
4: Like, he's he's, a huge he's sports
2: really, guy. he's really good at basketball. Yeah. Like I've seen like videos of him, like people recording, he'll just go to like a pickup game and start playing. And he's actually quite good, so it kind of fits with his love oh, his love of basketball, so it's cool.
4: Yeah. Check it out.
2: So um, I'm going to start off. Uh, I did Barry uh, I believe last week, mm-hmm. and season three finale dropped last night. If you're not watching Barry, smart and fuck up, and finally watch it, because it's only a half hour. It may have been the best half hour of television I've seen in a long time. Um... So if you have not watched it yet, do it. But uh, I'm, my pick of the week this week is going to be a podcast. Uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Um, I've loved Conan O'Brien for so long. And it's kind of an interesting format. So I finally kind of just got around to listening to it. Um, the mindset behind it was that for a long time, he's obviously, he did Late Night. And he's basically said that over the 25 years or so, he's never really had a lasting friendship from anybody he's ever had on his show and he's kind of bringing people on to discuss like does like basically do they think that they have like you know a rapport with each other but it also kind of like speaks to the overall like structure of late night television which is like you get about five minutes to get a couple bits in and it's really like it shows how flawed of of a process it is that like it really doesn't lend itself to like a good form of communication to where now with a podcast, it's like, you know, typically every episode's about 40 minutes or so. He gets that time to be able to kind of like sit there and actually have a conversation with these people. I think he's one of the funniest people. I've always thought he was one of the funniest people alive. So for me, it's a, it's a treat to kind of let him just do his own thing and not be restricted by the FCC.
3: He's a really funny guy. He's so fucking funny. Like, and not in a kind of a dumb humor way, but he's just, Real smart. He can have a conversation about anything, but also keep it light and funny.
2: Yeah, he he has a way. And I, lo- I love what he does too. There's uh, his assistant is uh, named Sona Mosesian. She's uh, been his assistant for like over a decade. He includes her in a lot of the, he included her in a lot of the bits that he did. She's uh, another host on his podcast. She's recently wrote a, wrote a book. He raises the people around him up. Yeah. And he understands that, like, a lot of the people he works for are funny. If you've ever seen uh, his associate producer back on his show, Jordan Schlansky, there's he made a series on his show of Bring Him. He's a very weird guy. And, like, it's totally oil and vinegar. Like, they're not, they're so diametrically opposed. It makes great television. Uh, You can look up if you've ever, like, want to go down a wormhole, YouTube, uh, Conan and. Uh, his associate assistant, uh, Jordan Schlansky, they're hilarious videos, but like, he has that, like, it seems like people like working for him too. So like, I, I think he's generally like not only one of the funniest people, but he seems like a good guy. So I'm, I, I I'm enjoying the show so far. Uh, a lot of good guests on it.
4: Yeah. Conan's cool, dude. Very cool. Tom. Very um, cool. Very
3: legal. Very <laughs> cool. Very legal. Um, speaking of very not legal, as it turns out, I just read this, so I apologize for dropping breaking news. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, it turns out that uh, Donald Trump got $250 million in donations from people and they can't locate 97% of it.
2: Awesome. I can't, wait for Demo- by that one. I can't wait for the Democrats to do absolutely
3: nothing about it. Yeah. So all that to be said, folks, thank you all again for tuning into the second mouse podcast here. We are a lifestyle podcast and we do a, a number of things these days. Um, we bring on guests. We bring on our friends to talk about things, but most of all, this show could not be done without listeners like you. So Do us all a favor and tell your friends about them, or if you don't have any friends, make some friends. Um, This show um, is on all your favorite streaming platforms, and still, again, the Apple folks continue to crush it. Spotify, get your shit together, figure it out, but... You can find us on all of the major streaming platforms. So give us a review and a five-star rating and help us get our numbers up so we can get on that top 10 board. Lastly, do us a favor and follow the Second Mouse Podcast and all your social media accounts like Instagram and Twitter and MySpace and all the other. And Friendster. Yeah. Um, the Second Mouse Podcast uh, is here for your likes and for your follows and your jokes, but also too, if you want to communicate with us about what your assholes of the week are, what your picks of the week are, or if you have any topics that you want us to talk about, do us a favor and DM us. Also uh, continue to listen to our episode last week with our friend Connor, who's the gin distiller. That's a really cool episode in the sense that, again, you can learn how gin is made and also the ways you can pair it and ultimately learn about the ridiculous shit that we talk about regularly. So once again, folks, thanks again, and we'll see you all next
0: week. Bye. What I'm going to tell you is that the working class and the middle class of this country are in serious trouble. We are moving toward an oligarchic form of society where a small number of billionaires not only have extraordinary wealth, they have extraordinary political Power. We are living at a time when half of our people are living paycheck to paycheck in the wealthiest country on earth. When 70 million Americans have no health insurance or are underinsured. When we have a starvation minimum wage at the federal level of seven and a quarter an hour. Where half of the elderly workers, older workers in this country have nothing in the bank as they fear retirement. What I believe is that now is the time not to defend the establishment, which is doing phenomenally well. When you have two people on top in America who own more wealth than the bottom 40%, two people top 1% owns more wealth than the bottom 92%. CEOs of major corporations today are making 350 times more than their workers and we have more income and wealth inequality than any time in American history. Now is the time for the American people to stand up, make it clear that enough is enough and that we need a government that starts representing all of our people, not just wealthy campaign contributors. What does that mean? It means that we have to end a corrupt political system in which big money buys elections. It means that we have to end a very unfair tax system in which billionaires in a given year don't pay a nickel in federal taxes. It means we have to raise the federal minimum wage to at least 15 bucks an hour. It means that we have to join every other major country on earth in understanding that healthcare is a human right, not a privilege, and stop spending twice as much per capita on healthcare to enrich the drug companies and the insurance companies. It means that Medicare is gonna have to negotiate prescription drug prices so that we can lower the cost of prescription drugs by 50%. It means that we cannot continue to be the only major country on earth not to have paid family and medical leave. It means that we have to restore the $300 tax credit so that we are not continuing to be a nation which has one of the highest rates of childhood poverty in the United States. It means that we have to expand Medicare to cover dental care, hearing aids, and eyeglasses so that elderly people in this country to live out their remaining years in dignity. And it means, among other things, that we cannot continue to ignore climate change, which is an existential threat to this planet. And obviously, given the tragedies that we have faced in the last month in terms of guns, we need serious and real gun safety legislation. Bottom line, let's create a government that works for all of us, not just the people on top.
1: Yeah. Feel the burn.